Hello, this is Jake Watkins. I'm the Young Adults Pastor at Cross City Christian Church, and welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk inspires you and encourages you into anchoring the love and power of Jesus into your daily life. Enjoy the message. I saw some old friends of mine, and I don't know uh, what it's like for you when you see uh, people that you used to hang out with like all the time. Like I'm talking about friends from high school, like some of my best friends from high school. I graduated high school 10 years ago this year, which is absolutely wild to think about. But I don't know what it's like for you when you see people that like you like know that you used to be really close with, but like now you're not as close. I try to, and I know this sounds terrible, most of the time I try to avoid them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you see them at the grocery store or Target and you're like, I guess I'm not going down that aisle today. <laughs> and you just keep going. Um, but I saw some uh, old friends of mine I ran into, just some, some best friends. And my one friend, Jordan, he was talking to me and he was talking to me about my other friend, Zach. And he's like, yeah, I just hang out, sung out with Zach recently and yada, yada. And, and he told me the story and he ends it and he goes, man, Zach's never changed. He's never changed. He's always, you know, he's always been the same. And I just kind of laughed. I was like, yeah, you know, people, you know, people never change. You know what I mean? I kind of shrugged and said that. But then I was like, why, why did I say that? People never change. Like, do we, we, do we actually believe that? I mean, the, I, I don't. I believe that people can change. I, I'm in the business of life change. It's, it's what I do, it's what, what I'm in, involved in. Not that I change people's life, but I see Jesus change people's lives. And so I believe that, that real life change can happen, radical life change, because I, I've seen Jesus not just change uh, the lives of, of people around me, but he's radically changed my life. I, I've heard some amazing stories of people who they were before they met Jesus and then who they are after they've met Jesus. And see, there, there's, there's the evidence of change is when you can see the change. See, my friend, he's like, oh, Zach, he's always been the same. He never changes. Because my friend hasn't seen any evidence of Zach changing. But we can see change when we see the evidence of change. There has to be something that actually changes inside of you when you are changed. There should be an evident change in you from who you are before Jesus to who you are after Jesus. And some people need to change a lot, some people need to change a little, but there should be evidence of change. And can I tell you, our actions are the evidence of the change. Like, like, like let me give you an example. Ladies, you ever dated a guy? And then you broke up with him, and you're like, he doesn't respect me. And so you break up, and then you're like, you don't respect me. And, and you, so you, you end it, and then like a week later, he's like, but baby, I've changed. Take me back. And I'm like, dude, if it's been a week, he hasn't changed. But you're like, I, I believe him. I believe you. And you take him back, and the next day, he's doing the same exact thing. He didn't change. There was no evidence of the change. He's doing the same thing he did before. And see, when you and I become believers, there should be a change that starts to take place. And the Holy Spirit that's deposited inside of you should be actively moving and actively changing things in your life. 
And, and the Bible describes this evidence, this evidence of change, it describes it as fruit. It says, by their fruit you will know them. It, their fruit will be the evidence of their faith. And see, I think some of you have been thinking about this series as we've go, been going through the fruit of the Spirit. I think some of you have maybe been thinking that it's a little elementary. That, uh, yeah, I kind of know this. Why are we going through this? This is, this is a little basic. And, and I look around, and I, I'm telling you, sometimes people need the basics. Just, there's sometimes that we have to get back to the fundamentals. I don't care where you are at in your faith. If you're just beginning in your faith journey, if you've been a Christian for 10, 20 years, I don't care. Sometimes we've got to get back to the fundamentals. I'll tell you how I know this, because if I pull up to a four-way stop, I immediately see people who need to go back to the fundamentals of driving. I mean, it is completely evident. I'm like, no, it's my turn. And so I see this. I mean, sometimes even uh, professionals need to go back to the, to the beginning. Uh, Lonzo Ball, NBA basketball player. Can I tell you, he's a professional, all right? His jump shot was so ugly that during the off season, he had to go back to the fundamentals and change the way he was shooting. And can I tell you, sometimes I go to church or, or I meet someone and they say they're a Christian and then I see the way that they act or they treat people. And I, I'm not judging them, but you know what I am doing? I'm judging their fruit. I'm judging the evidence of their faith. And sometimes I go, man, we just, sometimes we just need to get back to the basics. And, and so through this series, I, I think we're, we're coming back to the basics of, of what it means to be a Christian. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't just end with being a believer in Jesus. That's actually just the beginning of your faith. Because sometimes I think we get things wrong. Jesus didn't just come for you to just get into heaven. He came to bring heaven to you where you're at right now. I think we miss the point when we think that Jesus just came just so we can get our ticket punched to heaven. He did more than that. He brought heaven to us now in our present realities. It's, it's through what the Holy Spirit produces in you. What Jesus gives you is, is love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And now through the series, we, we've talked about more than half of these. And, and I think some of these, this, this fruit of the Spirit, it gets overlooked. I think sometimes we put a high value on some of these, and then we tend to overlook others. In fact, I think goodness may be one of the most overlooked. When we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, I think goodness gets overlooked, uh, sometimes because I, it seems to be kind of vague. <laughs> like goodness, it's just kind of vague. You're like, oh, what's, you know, what's goodness? Well, is that just being good? I mean, it kind of sounds kind of lame, right? Like no one, no one talks about like how good they are. Like everyone wants to talk about how bad you are, you know? Michael Jackson, bad. I'm bad, I'm bad, you know it, you know what I mean? Like uh, 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 Thorough Good wrote a song like, I'm bad to the bone, dun 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 dun. Billie Eilish is not up there being like, I'm the good guy. No, she's, I'm the bad guy. We put a high value in culture on being bad. I mean, even girls are like, man, I like the bad boys, right? And boys are like, yeah, good guys finish last. So, you know, like that's the kind of thing that we put uh, an emphasis on our culture. And, and, but Jesus... Jesus calls us to be countercultural. 
We put such an emphasis on bad that I think that we don't even know what good is anymore. I, I think we're kind of confused on what goodness is. Let me give you an example. Hey, hey, what do you think of your neighbor? Oh, yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, I don't think he's murdered anyone. Yeah, that you know of. But that's like our basis for being, how about when you, were, when you were younger and your parents came home from a trip, maybe you're staying at your grandparents, and they asked you and your siblings, like, have you been good? Have you been a good boy? Have you been a good girl? And you're like, yes, mom, I was good. I didn't pull my sister's hair. I didn't break brother's toys. I didn't steal from grandma. And like, that's our baseline for good. And see, what, what if someone was to ask you if you're good? <laughs> If someone had asked you if you were good, what would your response be? Well, I don't cheat. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't really, I, like, I, I don't do a lot of drugs. <laughs> I don't do that much drinking, okay? Like, <laughs> I, I'm only rude when I'm hungry. I mean, can you blame me? And so, yeah, I, I think I'm a pretty good person. Our definition of good is just not bad. <laughs> That's become our definition of good. That's our low standard. Well, I don't do bad things. I'm not as bad as that person. Well, that person's not as bad as that person. So I, we, me, they, them, we're, we're good. We're collectively okay. We aren't bad. But goodness, excuse my English, is more than just not badness. Goodness is more than just not badness. Uh, listen to these verses. These verses, I'm, I'm just going to rapid fire some verses. These verses talk about the goodness of God. I just want you to listen. I can be on the screens. It says, the Lord, the Lord our God is merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth. That's in Exodus 34, 6. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. That's First Chronicles 16, 34. Good and upright is the Lord, Psalm 25, 8. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The Lord is good to all, 145, 9. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father, James 1, 17. I would have lost my heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord, Psalm 27, 13. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord, Psalm 33. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, Psalm 34. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good, Psalm 100. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, and he fills souls with goodness, Psalm 107. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness, Psalm 140. You are good and do good. Teach me your ways. Psalm 119. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. Oh, how great is your goodness. Psalm 31, 19 through 20. See, this is what I want you to know and take away from these verses if you haven't figured it out already. That God is good. God is good and all the time. God is good. God is the very definition of good. Good is the nature of God. Good is more than, than just not bad. Be, being not bad, I'm telling you, being not bad is extraordinarily ordinary. Being just not bad, it's, it's, it's neutral. 
It's, it's in the middle. It's not, it's not good. Just being not bad, is, it's like we want to hand out cookies just because we didn't strangle the person in the drive-thru window who got our order wrong. It's like we want to be like, we want to like celebrate that. If, if God was only not bad, there would be no reason to worship him. There's no reason to worship or follow a God who's ordinary or neutral. If that's all that God was, just not bad, I'll tell you, I can do that on my own. You and I do that. But the Bible doesn't say, oh, oh God, how great is your neutrality. Oh, oh, oh God, uh, uh, you're the Lord that's somewhere in the middle. Oh, oh, oh God, you're so, you're so impartial to all. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is unremarkable and mediocre. No, it says that the Lord is great and that he is good. He's worthy to be praised because his very nature and his character is good. I'm going to tell you what that means. That means through the English definition of the word, (laughs) he is virtuous, God is righteous, God is morally excellent. He's satisfactory in quality, quantity, or degree. He is advantageous, and he is worthy. Now, that's good. He's holy. He's pure. He's righteous. And his goodness is more than just words. His goodness is action. And the more I studied this word good, the more this central concept stood out to me about God in the Bible, that he longs to bring joy and blessing to us. He loves us. He is kind. He's perfect. And in his goodness, what his goodness really conveys, what I see in the scripture, is generosity. Among many things, his goodness certainly includes generosity and kindness and graciousness to us. I mean, you want proof of this. Besides all those verses I just read and the countless stories that you can read in the Bible of God's goodness to you and I and to humanity, we see goodness in action in this, in Romans chapter 5, 6 through 11. It's going to be on the screens. It says, when we were utterly helpless... Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed us his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies. We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Man, there's so many examples of God's goodness in the Bible, but this one by far is the best. This is a graciousness that's so much more than just not bad. It's righteous. This is a graciousness and a love and a goodness that's so much more than just not bad. It's sacrificial. It's more than just not bad. It's caring. It's more than just not bad. It's compassionate. God's goodness is what saved you and I. God showed his goodness 
by sending his son to die for us, becoming the payment for our sin so that we could live and call ourselves friends of God. See, God didn't give us what we deserved. God gave us better. Is that goodness? God is good. Can I get an amen? And when I read Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23, it says the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. In fact, the, the Greek word is agathosune, agathosune. It means an uprightness of the heart and life. It's the same word used to describe God's goodness. And see, this is when I realized, this is when I realized we've been brushing past such an important piece of the fruit of the Spirit because this, goodness is godliness. Goodness is godliness. That the fruit of goodness is more than just being a good person or doing good things. It's quite literally being like God. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness. The evidence is goodness. It's not merely moral behavior. It's an excellence of character. It's being righteous and pure and generous and holy in action and motivation. And all the good traits we just talked about that God has, God wants us to become those. He calls us to be filled with goodness from the inside out. See, if goodness is godliness, then goodness is a pursuit of godliness. And, and, and God wants and he desires for us to be like him. Because when we become more like him, we become a reflection of who he is. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says, So all of us who had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. See, I find it so frustrating that we can idolize certain people in our lives. And I don't know, like, when you've grown up, like, sometimes, like, we idolize people. I don't know if you're just, like, a huge Justin Bieber fan, and you like Justin Bieber posters, and you're like, I don't know if you're a dude, and you're like, I want to grow up and be Justin Bieber. And not a bad thing to be. I mean, he's rich, he's talented, right? But we tend to idolize people. I mean, people like Elon Musk or, or whoever else it is, and they're successful, and they're smart, and they, they have success in life, and we look at them when we idolize them, and they're like, they're, they're a decent person. You're like, I want to be like them. And what we're doing is we're trying to become like someone else. I want to have, I want to imitate, I want to achieve someone else's success and choices. The, the problem is people are imperfect. And success doesn't equal goodness. I mean, you can be successful and be an absolutely terrible person. I can name a few. But see, there's only one person who lived a perfect life a life that modeled goodness, and that was Jesus. He was a definition of kindness and compassion, of respect and holiness and righteousness, and Jesus really, he lived his life being a mirror of the Father. In fact, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And not just because of, of the reality of, of the Trinity or the fact that he was literally the Son of God, but because Jesus reflected the Father. 
in his words, in his deeds, in his actions, in how he talked, in how he walked, in how he viewed people, he reflected God. And see, that's the life that, that God wants us to live. Because when we pursue God, when we become more like him, we reflect who God is to the rest of the world. See, sometimes the change that God wants to bring you, it's not just for you, but it's for the world around you. Because God is working in you, and he also wants to work through you. Sometimes we wonder where God is in the world, and I'm going to ask you, well, where are you? Because God's called us to be a reflection of him. It's not just for us, but it's so the world can see that who God is through you. And when we let the Spirit produce the fruit of goodness in our lives, it shows others the goodness of God. And I don't know if you realize this, but when you claim to be a Christian, you are actually claiming to be a reflection of Jesus. Whether you realize it or not, that if you claim to be a Christian, but you're not reflecting God's goodness, you're giving people a wrong idea about God. Yeah, see, it always uh, makes me laugh when there's a, some sort of company that has to do some type of uh, PR, like cover-up, or they got to do some type of big thing because, like, their employees did something dumb and, like, they're afraid it's going to represent the company. Like, uh, there are some employees of Taco Bell uh, who recorded themselves licking taco shells, a stack of taco shells, and the employee was just like, ah, licked it all up the sides. PR nightmare. And Taco Bell had to release a statement and was like, we don't do this at all, Taco Bells. Uh, please, like, this is not in the company policy or in the handbook. <laughs> These employees have been terminated. This is not a good representation of what you're going to get at Taco Bell. I mean, even Papa John's, the founder of Papa John's, he was fired because he made racist comments. And Papa John's, literally the company was named after Papa John. They had to be like, Papa John does not represent Papa John. Uh, and and we, it does not reflect the values of this company that Papa John started. Here at Papa John's, we do not endorse Papa John. I mean, it was just a, it was a PR nightmare. The companies have to do it all the time. And you know what? Sometimes I feel like I have to do it with other Christians. Man, it's the absolute worst. Sometimes I'm like, hey, that guy doesn't represent all of us, okay? That's just like a bad apple, all right? Dude, there's times where I hear people's stories. I have a conversation with someone, and I haven't seen them in church in a long time, or maybe I went to church with, with them when I was younger, and I run into them. I'm like, hey, what are you doing now? And they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to church. I'm like, you, you feel the need to tell me that because you know I'm a pastor, but okay, proceed. And, and then they'll be like, honestly, I, I just got hurt. Honestly, the people. Sometimes I'll read comments online and they'll be like, man, I have some trauma because of the way people treated my family in church. Or I, somebody said something to me or, or I, I, I have this going on in my life or I'm, I struggle with this diagnosis or disability and someone in the church just said it was because I didn't have enough faith. I mean, there's people all the time that I have to be like, man, they, they, don't, they don't represent Jesus. And see, because our, our goodness is a direct reflection of God's goodness to the world around us. And when we're not reflecting right, people get the wrong idea of who God is. And you and I, we have to step up in our pursuit of God. How do we do this? 
Ever hear the saying, uh, we become who we surround ourselves with? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you, you become who you surround yourself with. Not a new concept, right? It's this idea that, that we start to act and think like the people closest to us, the people we spend the most time with. Uh, it was interesting to me that studies show uh, that married couples uh, start to become more similar the longer that they're with their spouse. Like they start to like become like the same person. I mean, some researchers actually believe that couples start to look alike. And I'm like, I feel so bad for my wife, okay? I'm like, I'm just gonna put a paper bag on her face so we, that, like no mistakes happen. But, like, it's crazy. In fact, studies uh, have shown that it's not just looks. That research shows that couples, they begin to sound alike and think alike. They inevitably start to uh, adopt their partner's body language and syntax. And we also adopt their behavior. In fact, a 2007 study found that if one spouse quit smoking and began to exercise or get healthier, uh, that, that the, the other spouse was more likely to do the same. I mean, McKenna and I have been married for two and a half years, and I've already begun to see how we can, like, finish each other's sandwiches, and sometimes we catch ourselves thinking the same things or talking similarly. I mean, it's wild. I'd be like, oh, you know what I was thinking about? And she's like, oh, you were thinking about it. And I was like, what? Or we'll, like, literally be talking and say the exact same thing at the exact same time in the exact same tone, and it's wild. And so I think if you want to see the evidence of God in your life through the fruit of goodness, then I want you to know that goodness is a result of time spent with God. Goodness in your life is a direct result of your time spent with God. In John 15, verse 5, he says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Like, I, you will not become like someone you spend no time with. You will not become like someone you spend no time with. A, a pursuit of goodness is a pursuit of God. If you want to become more like God, you have to spend more time with him. You have to remain in Jesus. There has to be a closeness between you and Jesus, a relationship. And I know, wow, oh, that sounds so cliche, a relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you, the world doesn't need more religion. The world doesn't need more rules or more, more dogmatic people or more people to judge. The world doesn't need that. The world needs more relationship. And they need more relationship with God. Because relationship brings something deeper. And sometimes somebody's relationship with God will start with their relationship with you. And so what's your closest relationship? See, you don't become like someone you only spend a day a week with. <laughs> you become like someone you spend every day with. You have to read his word to know his thoughts. I mean, you have to know his actions to be able to replicate his actions. You have to pray and talk with God to be able to, to hear and know his, his voice. And when you have that kind of relationship with Jesus, I'm going to tell you, it begins to change you. And what you pursue, he pursues. And soon goodness will be evident in life because you're only walking where Jesus is walking. When you have a closeness with Jesus, you're only doing what Jesus is doing. You're praying how Jesus prays. I mean, you're loving how Jesus loves. 
I mean, when you have a close relationship with Jesus, I mean, you can begin to heal how Jesus heals. I mean, you'll start to see things in your life that you had no idea were even possible when you walk closely with a God who does the impossible. In your faith, I'm going to tell you, when, when you start to look more like the image of Jesus and, and others start to see God reflected in your life, I, I, I'm going to tell you that your, your faith becomes less about getting to heaven and more about bringing heaven to people who are going through hell here now. Do you catch that? Sometimes we live our whole Christian lives just be like, oh, it's all just about getting to heaven, and I just live this life, and the whole end goal is like, man, I'm just going to get to heaven. But when you have a deeper relationship with Jesus, man, you see that he saw people differently. That his goal wasn't just to get people to heaven. It was to bring heaven here now because people are going through hell here now. Some of the hardest things in life are happening here now. It's not a future moment. It's a here now moment, and God is a here now God. And he hasn't just saved you, but he came to bring salvation to the entire world. That's the power of the gospel. That's the good news. That change isn't just going to take place one day in the future. That change can take place today. That Jesus isn't just going to save you tomorrow, but that he's already saved you in the, the present. And when you become more like Jesus, it not only impacts your life, it impacts the lives of those around you. And I wholeheartedly believe that. It, it, it starts with you and I pursuing Jesus because God is good and goodness is godliness. And if we want to reflect God, we have to spend time with Jesus. It actually can't get much simpler than that. It can't. It's as simple as it can be. And I want to tell you, like, I, I'm not here to be an entertainer or to make this the most entertaining thing you've ever heard or, man, maybe Jake didn't do enough detail on that or I wish he would have talked about that. I'm not here for that. Jesus wasn't here to be an entertainer. <laughs> he had crowds of people watching his miracles, but only few understood what he was actually trying to do. I'm telling you, Jesus wants to bring you understanding here right now that he's trying to do a work in you that you'd have goodness in your life, that it would be a reflection of him, that it would be an outpouring, that you would overflow in the goodness, that wouldn't just change the direction of your life, it would start changing the direction of the people around you. That's what we need in this world here right now. That's what we're missing as a generation. And if you and I together pursue that, imagine how many lives we can touch outside of this room, outside of ourselves. And this fruit of the Spirit is not just for us. It's for the entire world. And it starts with you and I in our pursuit of Jesus. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for your goodness, Lord, for your mercy, for your graciousness, for your holiness, for your righteousness. Lord, I am not good enough, but God, you've been good enough for me. And Lord, I pray that I could pursue you wholeheartedly. Lord, I just thank you for this word. God, I thank you for the ability to come back to the basics and the fundamentals of who you are, who you've created us to be, and who you're calling us and changing us to be, God. Man, you are good. God, I pray that we can grow more and more like you every day. That our relationship with you would be a top priority. God, I pray that we can look back weeks from now, months from now, years from now, and see the journey that you started today and where it takes us down the road, that we'd look back and we'd see your goodness overflow in our lives and into the lives of people around us. God, we just thank you for this night. 
to simply come and be in your presence to worship you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning into AnchorCast. I pray that you take this word and that Jesus transforms your life in ways you never thought possible. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. And of course, follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to stay up to date with all of our events, meetings, and uploads. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you.